Let's go around the Big 12 with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 Podcast on ESPN Central Texas. Four minutes after 8 o'clock, it's 8.04. Welcome back into game time here on this Tuesday morning. Tom and Ward, we're glad you're with us as we get ready to head to New Orleans. And the Sugar Bowl will be there Thursday morning broadcasting from uh, from New Orleans, getting you ready for the uh, the Bears and the Ole Miss Rebels. And our 8 o'clock hour, by the way, this morning, brought to you by VersaLift Southwest, where you can elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer great benefits and a great benefit package and outstanding starting pay. So stop by 7601 Imperial Drive and apply. Uh, joined now by uh, Josh Neighbors from the Locked on Big 12 podcast. Josh, good morning. Thanks for being with us, and I uh, hope you had a uh, very Merry Christmas. Hope you guys did too. I'm very glad that we're now getting to uh, Big 12 Bowl season starting today. We get uh, you know a Big 12 matchups, two of them. So I'm glad we're finally getting to the Big Bowls now uh, for the Big 12 Conference. We were talking about this just a minute ago, and it has nothing to do with the league itself. But it, there's more bowl games now than there are eligible teams because of COVID. And we, we were just kind of curious, why are you dumping one bowl and combining two teams when you've got several teams that are – that, that don't have a game now. I mean, SMU for one. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm, I don't know how they go about pairing certain bowls up. The one thing I, I wasn't a fan of was, you know, I'm glad for Rutgers for being able to play Wake Forest and the Gator Bowl. I, I, that's great for them. But there were some available teams who could have been paired up in that situation who lost bowl games. I'm glad for Central Michigan to be able to go and play Washington State. It looks like they're going to get a pretty nice payout as well, greater than they would have gotten in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, but yeah, you know, there, there, are, there are so many bowl games. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'm actually a fan of the number of bowl games there are, as this is one of the most dead periods in television, uh, especially sports television. Like this in July are really your dead periods. So anything to fill that void, I'm cool with. But yeah, it, it's interesting how they're going about placing some of these teams as these games drop out. I, I think there might be some cases, guys of situations where teams like SMU, maybe you're just kind of ready to get to the offseason, right? You had a great start. The rumors told about your coach. You lost the coach. You got a new coach. There's going to be some transferring that happens. Maybe it's just a roster now that UVA has, has pieced out of that bowl game. It's kind of just like, hey, get me to the offseason. So I think that could be a situation as well. I'm not 110% familiar. Hey, maybe those guys are ready, ready to go and, and rear to play and want to play. But schools like Memphis, you're like, eh, we made a trip out to Hawaii. We lost the bowl game. Do we also want to go back stateside and take more time and go play in a different bowl game? I think teams like maybe Memphis and, and, and SMU are kind of ready for their off season. You know, and Ward brought that up as well. But I, you know, my only thought was, uh, you're passing the payday and you're passing yeah. an opportunity to play and showcase your program on national television as you head into that off season and, and letting those kids play after putting in a month's worth of work. But Whatever the case may be, there are more eligible teams now because of COVID, yeah. and there are bowl games. Yeah, there are. That's the interesting part. I, to go back to what you said, I was working yesterday, Sirius XM Pac-12 Radio, and Shane Vereen, uh, former Cal Bear and obviously former NFL back, made that same point about, hey, look, it's one more time to go out and play with your guys. It's one more time to put stuff on tape. But, yeah, it, it is tough considering number of eligible teams and number of bowls uh, obviously shrinking. So that, that's kind of the, the challenge that we're faced with right now. You mentioned Big 12 getting started in their bowl games today and Texas Tech taking on Mike Leach. How interesting is that matchup? Uh, did you guys see Mike Leach's comments 
from the, I mean, he had some, he had some choice things to say, I know, during the media availability. And look, I don't know the extent of what he's saying, whether it's truthful or not, but he mentioned sexual assault, things like that being covered up yesterday. If you haven't gone and seen the clip on Twitter, I'm sure it's out there. Uh, I saw John Kurtz has it out, um, play that place for, for K-State. Um, also the stuff for the KC Sports Network. He, he's got it out right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting what Mike Leach has said, and he's still clearly very bitter about what happened at Texas Tech, despite the fact that it seems like a lot of those people might be gone. A lot of that yeah, regime administration is gone. He's still got some ill will towards the, the higher-ups there at Texas Tech. So that just feeds into this. Clearly, his team's going to be motivated. Questions about, you know, how, how, is, uh, you know, how is Texas Tech going to look uh, after, you know, with this game, with all the coaching of people and change? Things seem to be positive there. And also, they've been dealing with interim coach type situation now for a while. So I think they'll be ready to play. But I think this is a really good Mississippi State team. And I think you look at it, like, this was an awesome defense all year long. Obviously, we know what the air raid brings with Mike Leach and what they plan to do. It's just for Mississippi State, playing the SEC West is never a fun endeavor for them. But still, 7-5 season for them, pretty pretty good. And it would have been a lot better if they weren't stuck in the West. So I think it's a tough test for Texas Tech. I'm curious to see what the quarterback rotation looks like tonight, how many guys get in, who gets the snaps. I'm exciting about Donovan Smith. And I think this defense is a really good test for a guy like Donovan Smith. And obviously one of his best weapon, Eric Azatama, who has said that he's going to be going to the NFL draft. So a lot of interest. For Texas Tech, I think it's a good clash on paper. It's a good clash in the narrative department, and I'll definitely have my eyes on that. 5.45 Central Time ESPN. When you look at the Big 12, you mentioned the Big 12, Is of all the Big 12 bowl games, is there one that you say, you know what, if I, if I miss them all, I can't miss this one? Yeah, well, it's going to be the Sugar Bowl, and, and I'm not just trying to appease the folks out there, but I mentioned this to you guys you know, last week, and I'll say it again. This Sugar Bowl is a celebration of two phenomenal seasons. This is, uh, you know, Baylor winning the Big 12 championship game. Obviously, I mentioned this before, but look, they've been the New Year's Six Bowls, but winning the Big 12 championship in the year where Texas and Oklahoma have said they're leaving to beat another team in Oklahoma State who was almost on the, on the cusp of, of the playoffs. And Baylor was too, they didn't drop that game with TCU, but celebrating Dave Aranda's accomplishments after the tough season last year, celebrating their Big 12 championship. And also celebrate, celebrate Old Miss, too. I know, I know this is Big 12-centric, but first 10 win regular season, celebrate Matt Corral, celebrate their accomplishments. And I'm also really curious about the matchup. And, look, I know people think Lane Kiffin, they think, uh, you know, kind of this gunning offense. This is a team in Old Miss that does like to run the ball a fair amount. Smooth Connor and Gary and Ely have been really effective running backs for them. Matt Corral has been good in the running game. I'm not really sure how much we're going to see. But also, Matt Corral gave that impassioned kind of talk about, you know, look, this is one last time to play with my guys, and I'm not in the position that I'm in without them. So I love to see that. And there's just a lot of excitement surrounding what these two teams have accomplished this year. And I think it's one of those New Year's Bowl situations. I mean, look, we've even seen opt-outs from teams like Ohio State. Garrett Wilson says he's opting out. I think it's four players total from Ohio State are opting out. How motivated will will they be? I think there's no doubt about it. Baylor and Ole Miss are happy to be here. They're motivated to be here. And it's going to be a celebration of both those teams. And also, the spread's been like one point the entire time. So Vegas seems to think this game's going to be fun and close. I tend to agree with that. When you look at the full body of work from the Big 12 and going into bowl season, how good is this league altogether uh, on the football side of things? 
I mean, it's it's a really strong league. Um, you know, you look look. I know they don't have a playoff team, and, and then that that does hurt. Uh, that, that that's tough. But I'm not sure they would have gotten one anyway. Uh, I think with the results, with the way things panned out, Alabama beating Georgia was was always going to be the kicker that Oklahoma State did not need to get in. Uh, it was always going to hurt them. So with Michigan winning, obviously, too, icing their spot, Georgia and Bama both in, Cincinnati kind of hanging on there. I'm not sure an Oklahoma State win would have put a team in the playoff, and I'm not sure it should matter, right? you got the two teams, the New Year's Six Bowls. You've got, obviously, Oklahoma State's going to play Notre Dame, which would be a fantastic matchup. Baylor's number seven going to play number eight, Ole Miss. Fantastic matchup. And you across the league. I mean, they put a bunch of teams into bowl games this year. They only had a few teams that missed out. Uh, and so for their league to have this much strength and, and, you know, only teams that didn't make it were Texas who, you know, a bunch of one score games. If they flip one of those, they're bowling. TCU obviously had so much of evil in Kansas. The rest of the teams are going bowling. I, I think it speaks to something we talked about all year. There was a really strong middle class in this conference and the top of the league was not great. Not great. There were a lot of holes. Obviously Oklahoma State, Baylor and Oklahoma, all had their, their you know, the holes in their team. There's still a lot of strength between Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. Even the team Iowa State, they can throw up the top. On their best day, they can beat anybody in the country. So I do think this conference does have some class, uh, although you know, the ending result, you know, people might say, well, there was no team in the playoffs. Josh, you mentioned uh, opting out. Uh, Tim on our CNC Collision Center text line just sent me a, uh, a list of players over the past several years that – elected not to opt out. I, I wanted to just get your thoughts on opting out. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've kind of changed my mind a little bit on this. I, I would prefer a player not opt out than go ahead and play football, but I understand why they do it. Yeah, you have to, right? This is, you know, you look at football as, as a sport. This is not for long. I, even I was doing a little researching, and Shane Vereen was a really good player in college. Shane's 32, and, he, and he's no longer playing. He's been out of the league for a few years, right? And, and Shane Marine's a good player. Guy almost had 20 touchdowns in his NFL career. Think about guys like that. You know, this Bree Hall is a phenomenal player, but look how the top running backs in the league, you know, things are over for Le'Veon Bell, essentially. I mean, his career is, is heading towards the end. How many Adrian Petersons are there out there? Not many. Not many guys can be eternal. There's not many Frank Gores out there. These guys are special players that hang around forever. So, it's important for these guys to make business decisions. And so instead of getting upset with the kids, guys, I think that the, the next step we should take is stop the hand-wringing and focus on, number one, the guys that are playing, so let's celebrate them and not crush the guys who aren't. And number two, how do we curb this? How do we fix this? How do we incentivize kids? And, look, my, you know, I, I'm uh, being a little bit capitalistic here when I say this, but these bowl games can have a chance to make an offer to a kid Allstate wants to say, hey, let's just say Matt Corral is offering out. Hey, Matt, we'll offer you an NIL contract, this amount of money, and do a couple commercials afterwards. We can even carry you as a sponsor into the NFL once those days start, right? We'll, we'll sign a deal with you. Here's what we're offering. You can take it or leave it, right? The guy can say, well, it's worth it for me to take this. $100,000 payday for a bowl game and beyond. Let me take this deal. Let me play this game, and I'll take the risk. Or they could say, you know what, thank you. I'm good, though because I know the financial incentive for me is really strong to stay healthy. It's even stronger. So I kind of like the idea of offers being made to kids to say, Hey, look, you want to play? We'll offer this money, this opportunity for you to play. And the kids saying, sure, I'll take that risk. It's a calculated risk. There's financial incentives. And also is being able to say, no, you know what? The risk is too great. The money coming down the line is too good for me to take this right now and risk it. I kind of like that idea 
of a more, you know, free market way of deciding guys playing. Honestly, I don't mind them opting out. No, I don't love it. But it's their choice. It's their future. They are a business. They have the right to do it. Josh, uh, let's change uh, gears here and, and let's talk a little basketball. Uh, we got our first postponement before we've ever played a game in the, in the league as TCU and, and KU are, have been postponed and they'll have to reschedule that one. Yeah, it's tough. You know, Kansas loses their game against Harvard and, and now they're going to lose this one too. And so, you know, the, the question becomes for KU, okay, uh, it's almost a rest versus rust, right? Right. That, that's kind of the situation they're going to be facing as they head into the league. But they did get a game scheduled against Nevada, right? So they're going to be able to have that one. This league, though, it's going to chew you up and spit you out. So we'll see what happens for KU here down the line. But, yeah, uh, obviously difficult to have, uh, you know, the New Year's Day game with uh, uh, TCU postponed. They were in Colorado, right, having that game being canceled at the last moment. So we'll see how that affects Kansas. Luckily for them, they did test themselves somewhat in non-conference, but they have not really faced the horses in a while they're going to see at Oklahoma State at Texas Tech, number eight, Iowa State, West Virginia. That's what awaits them as they start Big 12 play. Uh, None of those games are easy, and we'll see how Bill Self's team responds. But, look, I think some rules might get shifted. We already saw Big 12 change their uh, forfeit policy last week. We've obviously seen the CDC guidelines change in the last 24 to 48 hours here, and some of the leagues have followed suit with the, uh, the, the quarantine time being moved from 10 to five days, I believe it was. Let's see how those things impact the Big 12. But hopefully we can kind of get out of this, uh, this rut we're in with COVID. And, look, we're going to see more postponements. Let's hope we can get all these games in. Hopefully we don't see the crazy end of the schedule we saw last year. I'm sure you guys remember Baylor had a crazy ending to their year last year for the number of games they were playing off their COVID breaks, and they were really difficult games to boot. So hopefully we don't see all those games smushed together late on in the schedule. And uh, you mentioned uh... – competitive games and eating you up and spitting you out and all that good stuff. Uh, Scott Drew and the Bears have one final tune-up tonight. And then, uh, boy, I tell you what, it may be Labor, it may be a New Year's Day and it may be football bowl season, but they have a heck of a opener against Iowa State and Ames uh, on Saturday. Oh, hell yeah. It's good. I mean, I'm fired up for that game. You, uh, that's the game, honestly. You know, if, if you want a Baylor fans, have yourselves a day, right? It's a great day to be a, a Baylor Bears fan. Hopefully, you know, you get at least one good result out of that, but Iowa State's been a really good defensive team all year. Um, TJ Hustleberger, this this does not feel like a situation where Iowa State's going like, to go into this game and get humbled. I think it's a close competitive game. That environment has been absolutely bonkers. People have been telling us that that Iowa game uh, was one of the craziest, kind of loudest environments that they've seen, uh, you know, in Ames, Iowa, in a long time at Hilton Coliseum. That place is going to be a madhouse for Baylor they would be better be ready. We know those guys are ready. There's national champions coming in there. But, I mean, I'm fired up for this because this is one of many amazing Big 12 games we're going to see in a great environment. And to start off with a top 10 matchup, what else could you ask for, guys, on New Year's Day? All right, brother, what are, what are you working on for the uh, podcast right now? Yes, all you Baylor, Baylor fans out there right now, go check out YouTube. Our, uh, our Sugar Bowl preview is up. Stephen Willis of Locked on Ole Miss, he and I, did a nice little 20-minute preview of the game, so go check that out. It's also going to be in your podcast feeds later today. Our Big 12 roundtable talking about bowl season is coming up tonight as well, taking an eye ahead towards basketball season. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. You can follow me, at JoshNeighbors underscore. Fellas, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Talk to you soon. Appreciate your time. That is uh, Josh Neighbors from the uh, podcast Locked on Big 12.